Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday. Monday. There you go. Our guest says happy Monday. (laughs) (laughs) So let's think of life as a series of decisions. Um, But sometimes we need to structure to make, we need structure to make decisions that'll give you the best possible outcome in our personal lives and our professional lives. So today we are privileged to have from beautiful San Diego, life coach Hale Gianni. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking out the time. And Welcome, being- Hale. Hi, Hale. Hi, hi, hi to you guys. And thank you for having me. It, it's my pleasure to be with you today. So, so Hale, um, let's, let's start us off on, on, a, on, a, on a great note. Um, what, what, did, what did you have us make this week? Oh, yeah. Our new show of the week. It's very colorful this week. Yes. So first, let's just uh, say besalomati. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Health and Cheers. happiness. And Thank you. You too. Noosh, everyone. Get through the yes. year. <laughs> so this is, Ooh, this is lemon really good. That's cucumber really good. mint water. It'll keep you hydrated. It's detoxifying. It's good for you, for your immune system, digestive system, and it's also good for the mood. And it I just think this looks is pretty. What they call mojitos in Iran. The benefit is for us Iranians: extra cucumbers left over. Oh my gosh! Cucumber, mint yeah. from your sabzi arrangement, and mm-hmm. uh, have a lemon. So everything that's in the fridge. Exactly. Healthy for you. That's all that matters. All right. So I guess we'll start with Hala. Tell us who you are and what you do. Obviously, you're a life coach, but we want to hear from your... Yes, Hala. In one sentence or less, tell us who you are. Yes. One sentence. That's it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Who I am or what I do? Both. Both? Just go into it. Deep dive. Um, first of all, some people, you know, Hala is my name. That's how it's pronounced in Farsi. But my non-Persian friends know me as Hale. And there's a little funny backstory behind that real quick. One of my friends in college who could not pronounce my name. She was from Mobile, Alabama. And yes. she looked at my name and she said, I went to uh, college in Georgia. And she mm-hmm. said, can I just call you Hale? And I said, <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and, that, and then that's how I just uh, introduced myself to not, my non-Persian friends. It kind of has a different ring. It also has a little swag with it. So mm-hmm. Hale, like A. But Trust uh, me, you had it easy in the Persian name. Um, yeah, I was uh, going to say. that table. Yeah. It could have got worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yes, Hale is, uh, is my name. I live in San Diego. I have been a professional life coach doing this full time for over a decade now. I launched wow. uh, in 2009 and transitioned over into owning my practice and offering my services to individuals as well as companies. In one sentence, what I do is that I help people focus on what is good for them, what is right for them, rather than beating the drum of what is wrong with them. Mm. As a result, the quality of life enhances significantly. Okay, I'm going to deep dive into that right now, because a big question that I had myself and actually some of my friends that I was talking to when I told them we're having a life coach on the podcast, they were like, what is the difference between a life coach and just going to see a therapist? Like, what? how can I distinguish between the two? How do I know if I need to go see a life coach for something or if I don't need to go see a therapist for something? So maybe you could expand on that and kind of help clear the air on that confusion? It's such a great question. It comes up a lot, okay? Because the term itself, life coach, can is very broad. Honestly, it is a very um, unregulated 
profession in a way, and it's unregulated, it's an unregulated term. Literally tomorrow, somebody could have an experience that they learned something from and they can decide to call themselves a life coach yeah. on a past experience. Mm -hmm. So I see this across the board, so many people giving themselves that term and I can value that and understand that typically we learn, we get inspired through our stories. So that has its own place, but a professional life coach with the right curriculum background, with the right, right trainings and certification and the practical experience is someone who helps individuals really apply and integrate what they're learning and what they're picking up. Because it's one thing to have motivational quotes around or attend motivational seminars and know your past and know your you know, weaknesses and strength. And it's another thing really integrating all of those things into your life and seeing the results, right? It's the application of it. So right. the difference between a clinical therapist and how you would know, you know when it's appropriate to see a clinical therapist versus a life coach is really if you are having anything that is coming from your past that is you know it involved uh, involves some kind of trauma some kind of um you know i always recommend people to get a diagnosis anyway if they are having some very significant mental health um, issues that they're dealing with um, a lot of times clinical therapists will actually refer their clients to me as a life coach mm. to help them. And there are some cases where I needed to refer my clients to work with a therapist and approach this on a clinical standpoint. And you, you could think of what specifically what I do is the bridge between the clinical world and the motivational arena. People that are very much about, you know, you know, the, the sort of the drill sergeants when it comes to bettering yourself and bettering mm -hmm. your life. I do have a background in behavioral sciences um, and I do have, you know, various backgrounds in uh, the business arena as well. But in personal development, people that want to make a difference in their own world, they're tired of talking about their past. They're tired of being, you know, victimizing themselves and feeling like there's no hope because they had a certain type of childhood or they, uh, they grow up in, they grew up in a certain environment or they're limited by their financial, marital, socioeconomic or all kinds of um, limitations. So right. someone like me would come in and help them reassess their life and change their perspective so they can actually live a better life. Okay. So I, I, have, a, I have another question because you're saying you have a background in behavioral sciences. I also read that you actually worked as an engineer and your degree is actually in biochem, which is totally different than what you're doing can I right now. Can I interject here? Army is a complete groupie of you. She's a, <laughs> she's a big fan of yours. Uh, so... <laughs> She loves women engineering. Yes, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an engineer also. So I'm all for like women empowerment in STEM. But also I, I love the motivational aspect and all that stuff. So I'm kind of also I relate to your story. Like I see you as a role model. So my question here is, how did you figure out that you wanted to be a life coach? Did you yourself go through an experience that, that you were like, wow, I want to motivate other people and I want to do this as a career and be that bridge for people and have people go through the breakthrough I did? Or how, how, what was that process like for you? Sure. So I was a biochemistry major because I was a pre-med major. 
I wanted to go okay. into medicine and my grandfather was a medicine, my, uh, was a doctor um, and my uncle was a cardiologist. So it ran in the family, obviously being Persian. Mm -hmm. also yeah, you have three options. You're right, limited. Three. <laughs> 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 right? um, but I truly genuinely thought that that was the right path. I didn't feel you know, the pressure from the family. I just thought, okay, this is great. This is, this is what I need to be doing. And then when I got into the last year when I was doing my, you know, hospital rotations and accumulating volunteer hours, I realized I didn't want to be around sick people all the time. I know it sounds really bad. I, I Same just way. like, you know, I got to help. I got to find out where I could add value before they end up at the hospital. Yeah. And, right. But I had no idea what that would look like and what that meant. So I took it a year off and then somehow ended up in engineering and getting my master's in systems communication management. And, and just fell into the software world. And it was a big challenge for me. It was a world I was so unfamiliar with. And, but it felt good. It was very intriguing. It was the right kind of challenge. So I grew into that. Seven, eight years later, I went through a major personal transformation where everything was just placed under you know, a magnifying glass where you're like, do I want this? Is this the right path? Is this the right marriage? Is this the right city? Is this like everything was just... Um, questionable at the time. And I took a big, um, I took, made some really significant changes uh, or decisions in my life and went into reinventing myself. While still being in engineering, I was trying to figure out how to keep my own head above the water. It was mm -hmm. sink or swim for me, okay? And I chose to swim. So I started learning about different personal development techniques. At that point, I had no idea life coaching was in the horizons for me. I think that term was just too big. It's too big of a responsibility mm -hmm. to be someone's life coach. <laughs> you hear it, but you never yeah. meet someone that's actually a life coach. or Right. But I mean, can you imagine the responsibility that, that I mean, for those of us that take this profession seriously and, and pour their heart and soul into it, it's a huge responsibility. You're giving people advice, you're supporting them, you're being their soundboard. It's a lot. And it takes someone who's super grounded, but helps someone who also knows how to um, dust themselves off. You know what I mean? Right, like keep right. the, their own clarity and integrity. So I was researching a lot of coaches that are, that were out there, a lot of mentors. I was getting a lot of help myself and I was slowly starting to share what I was learning with everybody else, still not knowing that that would be my profession. And coming from the tech world, one of the biggest challenges that I was seeing for people, for engineers especially, was communication. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is like different type of personality, mm -hmm. different type of wiring. And it was really fascinating to me because I served as a director of quality assurance engineer. And I was the bridge between systems engineers, developers, designers, you know, marketing, sales, the executives and all that. And so anyway, long story so, short. So essentially you were the straw that stirred the drink. I did. I was, yes. I still am. You know, it's really funny because I had this role. I stepped into software quality assurance engineering. And some of my old colleagues now tell me that your job, your past job was about, you know, adding quality mm -hmm. to software. Now you're, adding you're doing quality people's, people's yeah. lives. Yeah. But you came back to reality. Totally. It's just like, mm -hmm. you are what you are. But really it, it started when I, when it was so funny, cause I was starting, I went back to school. I went back to be, you know, a, the U Institute got my certification in life coaching and the scientific human behavior assessment instrument. 
that ended up being sort of the catalyst behind me going into life coaching because I felt that the value behind this knowledge was so powerful, so significant that it, it felt like it was my duty to share it with the world. I could no longer sit behind the computer and code away and just go to meetings and go home and, and look forward to a Friday or whatever, right? So it was it became such a big thing. It was like I would implode if I didn't launch into helping others and sharing it with the world. So along the way, I've had some amazing mentors, amazing role models, amazing people that, that I've learned from and that, that have supported me. So it became, I didn't care about the title itself. It was more about how can I add value because I became the person I needed, I was looking for at the time, but I couldn't find it. You know what I mean? So yeah, then, you became that person. Initial point, you wanted to be in medicine to help people, but you didn't want to be in that environment. So you had to, through engineering and, and going That's through what I was that, say, yeah. found a way to help people without being in a hospital, essentially. Yes. Right. But yeah. sometimes it does, it does feel, I don't know how to pinpoint the word for it. Like, cause I was the same way. I can't stand the sight of like blood or guts or anything, but I wanted to help people. So I got my degree in medical, my master's in medical devices engineering, because I wanted to work on medical devices that help people in the medical field. But I mean, you're also helping people as an engineer, but it's different because sometimes you just feel like you're just sitting behind a computer and going through meetings. And it's like, you want to actually be out there seeing your actions actually influence people and make a change, which is what you're doing now as a life coach, because you can actually sit one-on-one -on -one with people and see that what you're saying right. and what you're doing with them is actually impacting them personally one-on-one. -on -one. Absolutely. So. You know, I always tell people, like, just because we all, it's 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 the nature of being human we all want to help feel like mm -hmm. we are we are being purposeful and that's how the human mind is is satisfied and fulfilled but it you don't have to be a life coach or be a mentor of some sort to serve that purpose. You can do that by coding. You could do that through music. You can do that through exercise, through, you know, any profession ultimately comes down to that very nucleus uh, of this whole purpose of being human, which is- You just gotta find the niche, you know, that you're passionate mm -hmm. about and, you know, you have that affinity to help others and you do it indirectly or directly with the instant gratification. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I think Arta, you want to go into the uh, the assessment you mentioned. Yes. So Hala, I seen that you in your practice you have a very specific tool that you guys use, and I just wanted to see you know for you to go deeper into what the ULT assessment is and how you apply it to your practice to help people in their self growth. The ULT stands for the Ultimate Life Tool. It's a technology, it's an advanced, comprehensive human assessment technology. In the assessment world, there are over a thousand of, um, thousands of psychometric tools out there that you can take online. Some of your viewers are gonna be very familiar with them, such as mm -hmm. DISC, Myers-Briggs, you know, mm -hmm. StrengthFinder, um, you know, there are so many of them out there. They're pretty useful in, in figuring out a little bit about our own little motive, modes of operation. However, the ULT serves as more of like a foundation, the base of everything. 
And it is based in nature and in science and helps us understand some of our natural dispositions, the things we do that are innate within us and are not learned skills. Because when we do things that are innately available to us, we actually get more recharged and refueled and re-energized versus the things that we have learned. And so it's expected of us to apply those things in different right. areas yeah so the, the way i use the the ult is that i'll have anybody that wants to work with me take this survey it's about 10 minutes it's super short and super sweet you take it and the results are always fascinating and jaw-dropping to people because of the level of depth and comprehensiveness that this ultimate life tool reveals to people about themselves and they always say were you in my room the other day listening to my conversation do you know my family did you interview yeah. so and so you know and it and i didn't have to do any of it and it doesn't make me a psychic or anything and i don't even need to know your horoscope it's, it's just a, right. right it's a very powerful tool let me tell you something about these horoscopes um <laughs> i was gonna say it's really similar to telling your sign i'm not a believer in astrology like by any means but Armagon sends me like some horoscope things and their birth and- charts so i i I found a link for their birth charts and we started going through and analyzing the three of our birth charts and chiron and lilith and and moon sign and rising sun and all of these things and i wasn't that crazy into astrology i mean i believe some of the traits that go with my sign i'm a gemini so some of the stuff i believe in but really going detailed into the birth charts that stuff i was like no you know that's for uh that's for crazy obsessed people and then i did it and i did theirs and we were all shocked and then she became crazy obsessed and then i became yeah. crazy obsessed just kept sending them afterwards now imagine if you add the ult results to oh that. my god i'd probably lose my mind i would lose yeah. my mind too i would think somebody is in my head spying on me because that's what it felt like with the birth chart alone how, how, how many questions is it it's 82 questions but it goes by oh, really wow. fast that's a very specific number. Right. It's a very, <laughs> it, it's, it's super quick. And the, the questions are very um, confusing to people sometimes because you're like, how do, how, would you, how do you know anything about me by just this question? And, and that's what's... Um, so, so is the format set up like where it's just questions on one list or is it you answer it, then you get another question? No, it's just like you go through, there's like three or four questions on each page and you go proceed and then you go to the next page. I guess my question was geared towards my next question isn't going to be affected by oh. the answer I gave previously. Right. They're, they're already preset preset questions gotcha. they're just um they're all preset and you answer the questions and then it um, generates what's called a grid and the grid is is um what the trained practitioner will interpret and break down for the client and then they also get a seven to nine page report which is super to the point direct they can take a look at it and share it with their you know i have People share it with their business partners, with their romantic partners, their colleagues, you know, children, friends or whatever. And just to be able to really bring the attention on what it is that what kind of circumstances, opportunities you need to create in order to thrive in this life. Okay, that makes sense. Work at work everybody's strengths. It also shows what what's powerful about the ULT. I have to mention this is that it shows if there are any areas where there's inauthenticity taking place, mm. meaning oh. that you're trying to plug yourself into a task or into a role, into a situation that's actually draining you. It's like having a leak on your tire and every single day you're just depleting yourself of energy and specifically on how you get to regain 
yourself and create that alignment that you need in order to show up fully and at your 100%. Okay, now that got me. How do you even figure that out? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really powerful. It came, it was created by a, a woman called Dr. Zanna Hackett and a scientist at UCSD. And um, it was developed over 20 plus years of research and um, finally turned into an algorithm into a software program where people can actually go on and take it. In the early days, it was all manual. So people had to like sit there and do number crunching, yeah. roll up kind incredible. of spreadsheets and, and whatnot. But we have 124 certified practitioners worldwide, which is not a big number when you compare to all the life coaches that are out there <laughs> that are certified to use this technology in their, in helping people. Okay. That's amazing. So let's say you're, you're, you know, a parent inquiring this, you know, for their child, you know, better help develop their structure and their growth. How early can someone take this assessment, you know, in as age? Er, right. As early as nine, as young nine. as nine. Yes. Yes. Well, as, um, nine years old. So they can take that. They might need a parent just for certain words or, you know, or they can look up the meaning of something on their phone. But I've had nine-year-olds take the assessment. I also have worked with 80-some-year-olds. Um, it, it's such a big a range. But, you know, regardless of your age, and it's funny because with the cycle of life, we go back to our childhood. Um, you know, yeah, Always. that's why you see, you know, your gra grandparents or great grandparents um, mimicking certain behavior that they had in their early mm -hmm. years in grade school, and they'll remember certain things. So, yeah, it's a big, big. Um, its application is actually pretty broad. So, do you going off that really quick? Have you had clients where they would have their kids take? the assessment so they could learn more about their kids and how to parent better geared towards their kids' personalities? Has that ever happened? Sure, absolutely. I've had parents, um, you know, get their kids to take the assessment. I've had partners welcome their, you know, encourage their, um, their spouse or their significant other to take the test because it adds clarity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like an operating manual that your parents didn't get when you were born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, A parenting says, manual. That would have been great. Right. Yeah, right. Well, Especially for our, our Persian parents here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I was going to say, with anybody who had childhood drama, um, ask any Persian American that grew up uh, in the U.S. with Persian parents who grew up in Iran, and they'll tell you that the childhood was was interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Wild ride. But you know what it is? It's not just limited to Persians, any kind of immigrant family. Right, right, you know? right, yeah. When you have that, like, you have to leave your tradition behind and now integrate into this, like, you know, a different model, a different system. We see this across the board. So many people having to adjust, and then the generation growing up here having their own challenges and their own obstacles mm -hmm. it's it's a roller coaster for everyone <laughs> right <laughs> exactly for sure so Holly, going back to um, how you started getting to life coaching yes. how did you I want to ask a two-part question first of all when you told your family I'm going to be a life coach or however you you presented to them what was their reaction because they had our Hanum Mohandas very proud <laughs> very all good you know you, you were in the you were in the three approved uh, career choices yeah <laughs> um, so, so how did that conversation go or conversations go? I love that you even thought of this question <laughs> because it's so valid and it's so real. Um, you know, my family knew that I feel like ever since I was five years old, I was, um, 
helping everybody kind of have some peace and have some, uh, you know, um, understanding and, and help people improve their communications and create lists and all of that. So it was always ingrained in me, but it was, it was a challenge, right? Because of the, simply because it was so unfamiliar to them, right? They had no idea what that, what would that look like? You know, no. you look at like st job stability, you know, development, um, you know, credibility and all of those things. You kind of start anytime you step into a new profession, you're starting from zero, ground zero. Right. You have to yeah. build yourself up. So naturally for people around you that are comfortable knowing that you are pretty secure, you have a stable no. job, you have your income and all of that it's a big change, but it's a big one to swallow, right? Yeah. So, so because of that, that was a pretty um, shocking news for them. But um, I, have, I have put them through several shocks in my life. So this was like, all right, well, go on. And the last straw. Like, here we go again. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, they wish me well. But it's so interesting how throughout the, the years I was questioned several times, like, are you sure? Is this the right thing? How's it going for you? Are you, you know? Yeah, it's never a lack of support. Right? It's more of a lack of understanding and of understanding. The, the, the questioning that you get from it. It's the support the is, is going to be there, but it's just yeah. the, and some, sometimes parent, parents ask it in, in a negative yes. way, right? Like I support you, but this isn't going to work out mm -hmm. right. or support you, but I think are it's you sure bad. you want to do it. Are like sure we'll, we'll be behind you no matter what you do, but are you sure you want to do it? Are you sure you're not good where do you are on the side? Do it on the side. That's all. Oh, that was, on the yep. side. Exactly. But you know what though? Um, it comes down to you. It comes down to you know, it, it was all about me at the time. It was, it wasn't about what everybody else was asking and their energy and whatnot. Anytime you decide to take a leap towards something unknown, something unfamiliar that you have to be so 100% in focused and ready to, you know, do the fight. That's part of the learning. That's part of your growth to be able to handle the negative, the doubt, the negativity, the doubts, the, the jabs here and there. Um, otherwise, you know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as gratifying. So the journey is part of the whole process. And of course, from our Persian um, families and parents, it's, it's undeniable that comes with, with it. It's just the price you pay. So, so transitioning from that, now you decided that I will be a life coach. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. I have the support of my family. I'm good with this. How did you initially go about selling your services, so to speak, on being a life coach? Right. So, you know, there's so many different ways um, that I went about it. But what ended up happening is that while I had my engineering corporate job, I started putting the word out there. I started all like the, the business needs of it were already taken place and and being structured before I went full-time into engineering. So developing the business, the website, the marketing strategies, all of those things were happening. So I wasn't kind of just sitting there going, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to sell my services or let the world know who I am? So all of that was, was, you know, they say like, okay, from nine to five is what you do for your corporation. From five to nine is what you got to do for yourself. Yeah. Um, I literally put in the time, um, you know, from five, p.m. 6 p.m. until 2 3 in the morning sometimes so it didn't come easy but it came with ton of dedication commitment 
faith, you know, knowing that this was the right path for me. Now, putting myself out there was one thing and, and having the courage to step into that role. And now, you know, you know, you have to value yourself. You're getting paid for you, for your, the value that you bring to the table. So naturally, I think instead of putting a lot of money into marketing, I started sharing. I started doing a lot of pro bono work, a lot of volunteer work, a lot of, um, just word of mouth, doing a lot of open houses throughout San Diego. And it wasn't like so much online. I was doing a lot of offline stuff, actually like meeting with people, introducing this to them. And then it spread really fast. Wow. Okay. Cause it's just like word of mouth, somebody mm -hmm. telling somebody else, telling somebody else, you need to talk to her. You need to, you know, and then it just grew from there. So it was a no. very organic growth, but came with a lot of commitment. Did you start golf? Yeah. Did you, did you find yourself more, um, giving these services to the Persian community or just, it was just very random on who was calling you for appointments and, and whatnot? It was very, it was random, you know, um, living in San Diego, I, I actually don't really know a lot of Persians out here um but it just it was random it was you know i would host an event and whoever came was welcome you know right. and if they happened to know someone who was also you know middle eastern persian or any kind they felt that i could relate to them i am listed on psychology today and persian is a you know an option that i could choose as a language that i fluently speak so i have a lot of people in the last like five years or so reach out to me because they want to talk to somebody who understands their culture, their background, mm -hmm. that, that could relate to some of their struggles and um, right. challenges that they face. So it, I'm pretty international. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying the people that were kind of reaching out. Um, no, at first it was, it was literally like just whoever, whoever was, you know, there's a level of intrigue that, that leads people to, to take action and to go after this. Right. And so, and then curiosity and then also the need, they have a need and they're saying, Oh, okay. I believe that this person can help me. So that's how it was developed. Makes sense. Yeah. It all makes sense. So how did you, with um, how you approach your business, I know you work with um, personal self growth, you work with um, relationships and businesses. What are the different ways or how do you approach each one, you know, differently, you know, with a business that might need certain different requirements for the growth and versus personal, how do you approach it differently? Okay. So businesses are run and operated by humans. Okay. So it's always the human that is involved. That's a common denominator. And I always tell companies, people that work for you, that are part of your entity, when they are taken care of, when they are authentic, when they are engaged in the right tasks and activities, then they do better. They perform better. Their performance and motivation is sustainable. So that's one thing. Their individual, on the individual side, on the personal development side, when people take care of their private life, their personal well-being, they see that their growth in the professional space starts to enhance and go up. So depending, a lot of times people, you know, depending on what avenues they reach me and they come to me, it could be a business that says, hey, can you come in and talk to our executives and can you take a look at some of these functional teams and see if we have put the right people together to work together. Those individuals end up hiring me and wanting me to talk to their partners and their kids and their cousins and then their aunts and, <laughs> and whoever. So it's, a, it's an ecosystem that ultimately is just one. It's just a different playground, but it's the people that 
show right. up. They, they all have to go hand in hand, they, you know. They do, and when you feel better, you do better. And when you do better, you want to do better. And it just, the right. whole cycle continues. But when someone is in the state of misery and in their you know, darkness and they're feeling extremely challenged, every right. aspect of their life is affected. Gets affected, yeah. yeah. Interesting, okay. Well, I guess want to go into that when you're saying someone's in a dark place and if it affects everything in their life. So what if when someone gets to that point where they want to choose like, okay, I want to get myself out of this dark place. I'm tired of being sad and upset all the time. I don't, I'm not reaching any of my goals. I'm not making the steps to reach any of my goals. I don't know what I want, you know, just confused and in that fuzzy, sad place. Obviously, they can't wake up the next morning and just go zero to 100 and everything's fine again. So what are the kind of some of the first key steps a person should be taking or how do you approach that situation when somebody comes to you for help on that? So being in a dark, dark place, so to speak, is not a switch that goes on and off. It is a gradual becoming, right? It is just a, a path that a person has been on. And they've picked up different circumstances along the way that ends up making them feel really overwhelmed, really heavy hearted, mm -hmm. and feel like they're super stuck and they can't get out. So you're right. We can't just, you know, switch it back on and say, oh, life is great. It's wonderful. Here you go. Here are all the tools and have a beautiful life. I wish it was like that. And I always tell people, I'm like, I wish I had a magic wand and I could just yeah. wave around and, and then everything would be, would be great. So you start to kind of, instead of looking back, looking in the rear view mirror and start dissecting every single thing that caused them to become the way that they've become, you start to change a person's perspective on the way they associate with their story. Okay, so it's called cognitive reframing. You begin to reframe your story. You begin to tell your story a little differently and start to find ways or extract little parts, snippets of it that will help you feel a little more empowered in the midst of the chaos, right? Like you matter, like your decisions can change the trajectory of your life, that you're not just the product of what has happened. So changing the perspective, cognitive reframing, associate, changing the way you associate with your past and the people that were in it or are in it is the first step to helping people see what stands before them when they look in the mirror, right? That there's this person, that there's this entity that has its gifts, its talents, its you know, drivers and motivators, and those are the things we want to feed for them to start to get on a different path. And Going into, I guess, manifestation, and because that's such a big thing, you hear it everywhere now on social media, everyone's like, manifest the life you want. If you just keep saying the things you want and manifest it, then the universe will give it to you. Like, no, you got to you gotta work on yourself and you got to- You can't work. sit on the couch and say, I want a exactly. million dollars. And exactly. You can't sit on your bed watching TV and just say out loud, oh my gosh, I want to have my own business. Like, you got to get up, you got to work on yourself, you got to work on your craft, and then- build that business. But obviously with manifestation and positive thoughts, right? Right now, everyone's about positivity and looking at the bright side of things. But what is your take on when you're going through a negative situation? Because obviously when you're going through a negative situation, I always say, let me think of the positives of this. How can I learn from this? How can I benefit from it? But also I feel like 
we kind of do need to go through the negative thoughts a little bit, like go through the motions of it. So what are your thoughts on that? Like always staying positive all the time or kind of letting the negative thoughts wallow a little bit so you can process them? Never cry, Arbonne. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't cry. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I love how you frame this question. It's very smart. It's very thought of so well thought of so very I, engineerish very engineering we get it right girl <laughs> there you go <laughs> no um you know the thing is my mentor used to say that when primitive man started to think with words when words became part of the scene right that's when trouble began because we started to to shortcut having our needs met based on our interpretation of certain words. The word negative, okay, is something that is like, oh my God, this person is so negative. I can't be around them. Or you start to think, why am I being so negative? Now I'm going to attract all these negative things to myself. And it's just like then doom and gloom. So we create a reality out of our emotional association with that word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Versus positive. If, if enough people glorify it and glamorize a certain term, then all of a sudden it becomes the right thing to do. And that, you know, everything is celebrated and everyone's like, Oh, this person is so positive. But really, if you take the word out, it's the feelings, it's the emotions, it's how the person shows up. Okay. Now there is a gift in those polarized emotions because when you're in state of, let's say negativity, It depends what the person is doing with that state, because when you start to think negative, it's in fact, what it's, (laughs) the purpose of it is that, so you go into problem solving, problem identifying, defect management, figuring out where some areas are where you have to make some corrections, right? So if you look at it that way, then being positive and just saying, I'm only going to focus on the great things that are working out for me. You're going to miss improving, evolving, solving problems, right? So it's all about the actual feelings that come with it. And we have to not get so uh, trendy with the way we manage our thoughts and our energy and and how we approach life and not get caught up in that space because enough people glorify and glamorize and then we should do it. Instead, take a look at what is the purpose of you feeling like, okay, I'm in this state of, of only focusing on what's broken in my life. Well, good, do something about it. Maybe pick one of those things that you don't feel good about, that you feel like is not working out for you and start dissecting it and open it up, peel it off layer by layer and see what you can get out of it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Total sense because I used to be, no, I know you're saying not to say it this way, but I used to be such a negative person because I was very, very depressed and any small thing that would happen, I was like, oh my gosh, my life is terrible. Everything that happens to me is negative. But now I'm kind of going through that transition where I'm like, okay, what can I learn from all that negativity that was happening? Even now, if something goes wrong throughout my day or something, yeah, I get upset. I complain about it, but then I'm like, okay, so how do I turn this into a positive by also processing my feelings of what happened and why it was a negative and then learn from it and move forward towards a more positive 
track <laughs> and right. following in it. It is. It's it's what we do with it because different emotions, even sadness, even you know loneliness, even um, feeling of of unworthiness, or all of those things are meant for something. They're not just there to mm -hmm. to make humanity suffer. It is yeah. about the ultimate goal of evolution, right? But if you got to know what to do with those emotions, so you can create a better circumstance for yourself. Right? And I think that kind of goes into, I think Arta had a question on the mind, body, spirit, and all of that connection. Yeah, you speak on things being broken down to threes. You know, we have morning, you know, afternoon, night, and then, you know, everything being connected. You talk about the mind, body, and spirit being connected. So how can we try to balance those three in our daily lives, you know, to live a, a more substantial life? Well, when you step into personal development, when you realize that your goal is to continue to Evolve, to, to tap into your potential. Naturally, those three different aspects of your existence, which is there's actually more to it, but for the sake of for simplicity purposes, we will keep it to mind, body, and spirit. Those things will naturally evolve with you, okay? Because let's say that I decide to do some daily affirmations. Okay, and do some affirmations to help reset my mind, reset my intentions, really pay attention to like what I want to focus on. Okay, mm -hmm. that naturally make me feel better to make me show up more whole. I'm not as triggered. I'm not as agitated. I'm not as easily thrown off. Right. And then you start to make more appropriate choices when it comes to what to drink and how to feed your fuel, your body, you become the the main source of respect and honor for yourself okay so ultimately the goal is to get you to a point where it doesn't feel like hard work it doesn't feel like oh great i gotta go to the gym i gotta it's eat a chore or errand yeah right it's a burden on you and there's so many cliches and and um wrong sayings out there that i wish we could just start undoing and unsaying because they're harming us for example when we say oh i've been so good i'm going to reward myself with some junk food okay right. that is, that needs to be reversed Guilty. <laughs> <Right>? Guilty too. <laughs> because that affects our decisions subconsciously we think that eating well is torture and eating bad is rewarding you know right. when we talk about certain there are a lot of things out there from a from even a subliminal type of um slogans and you know um cliche terms and things that we throw around that are actually hurting us not helping us so yes it's the third we live in the third dimension this third dimension is governed by certain laws that everyone universally adheres to you mentioned a few of them there's morning noon and night there's breakfast lunch and dinner there's three trimesters of pregnancy three strikes you're out three warnings you're fired <laughs> you know yeah. so many of um, so many examples of it. And we do have to, if we want to live a well life, it is our responsibility to honor ourselves when it comes to mental health, physical health, and spiritual health. And that's an interesting way to look that's at a it. A lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like thinking about the junk food part. <laughs> and it doesn't mean like you have to be at like your pristine way, but it's just look at it as, you know, I'm going to slip up a little bit and eat something that I know is not good for me, but I know how to recover and how to, how to cleanse myself afterwards instead of 
that's what I was talking about, cognitive reframing. Instead of saying, I'm going to reward myself with something bad and punish myself with something good. Mm-hmm. So Hala, I, in one of your videos, you mentioned that you know, it's, it's good to be aware of certain situations around us and current events and what's happening in the world. But having too much information or news you know, being consumed is actually damaging. And you, you had said that it's almost paralyzing towards your mind and body, you know, and today we have a smartphone at our disposal 24 seven that has constantly news, you know, negative news that we see currently and disasters and tragic events happening around the world. You know, how do we kind of balance all the information that's out there with our own, you know, self conscious and how to protect ourselves, you know, with that blanket of positivity almost. Yes. Uh, so it is very true that today we live in, in this time that it's nothing new about it, but we do have access to information, whatever information you need is at your fingertips. Okay. And sometimes you could be even intending to look for something positive and then get thrown all (laughs) kinds of, you know, um, doom and gloom and horrific news that. Yeah. Just um, looking in the comments section of anything posted online. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Or even certain ads that pop up and certain things, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that internet cloud that, you know, you start looking for something and then it takes you down this rabbit hole. Pops up. Yeah. Yeah, it pops up everywhere. I mean, you guys have seen Social Dilemma, I'm sure, on Netflix. I'm halfway done with it. I haven't yet. There was one line in there that did it for me. And yeah, that it was, um, what did they say? That if something is free, then you're the product. Yeah. So I'm too terrified to watch that yet. Don't worry, this is getting posted on all the social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way. But you know what it is, though? Um, it's about this part of us that that part of our brain part of our mind the way that it we we approach things when you approach anything with this compulsive type of behavior and reaction anything could be bad for you right okay? mm. you know it was the news anything you you drink too much water it could be bad for you right, right. it's the compulsivity that comes with it that makes it really bad now certainly um there are aspects of news that could be helpful to us if there's a fire and you need to like look up you know how far the fire is and whether you need to evacuate or not it's when we be that's what makes it important but when we become compulsive and when we let it go and we become complacent and let the the digital news or the you know whatever the tv or whatever consume us that's when it becomes detrimental and starts to take away the clarity, mental clarity you need to put towards things that affect you personally. Okay. That's number one. The other thing is we have to be extremely discerning when it comes to the source of information that we are getting, whatever it is that we're getting from. Right. Can you validate that this source is integrity based? Mm -hmm. Can you verify that whatever you're hearing is not for some, has no agenda behind it and it's not manipulating you for their own gain and all of those things. And that's why breaking it into smaller chunks, digestible chunks is going to be super important. Okay. Otherwise I've seen people, especially this year, there's been enough news recurring stuff that recycled, right. You could be glued to any kind of source of news or media just to get information. But Mm -hmm. that is certainly taking away from so much more good we can do for ourselves. 
The credibility part. It is so hard, especially when COVID first became about here. Oh my gosh, you were seeing headlines everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the news. I mean, it was so hard to know what was real. Everybody wanted a click. Everybody, everybody. And then you know what it is also is that um, when you look around and your family and your neighbor and your friend and everyone's talking about a limitation of some sort, a a traumatic experience of some sort, it is naturally consuming. And the, the phrase I use, paralyzing, is that it shuts you down, it contracts you, and it puts you into this, like, there's nothing I can do. And that state of hopelessness is what zaps all of our creativities and our you know, energy level, which then reminds me of, I read um, an article on Business Insider the other day that said, in the last great recession during that started in 2008, some mm-hmm. of the companies that are the most wide, widely used companies today actually started during that great re- uh, recession. Mm-hmm. For example, Instagram, mm-hmm. <laughs> WhatsApp, Uber, Airbnb, Pinterest, yep. Square, right. Slack, all of these guys started during the Great Recession. And all, without a t- all without a tangible product. What's that? All without like an actual like touch and feel product. It was just... Digital. An idea, yeah. Right? Digital. There was an idea. There was a concept that, that ended up helping people, right? And these are yep. the companies that stuck around and made life, in a way, easier for us. So too much... Same like you're saying, no excuse then. No excuses. No excuses. It shuts down it shuts off your creativity, your energy level, and numbs you. And, right. and what a shame that is to, to let that consume you. Come with solutions rather than state the problem over and over. Right. Once you know the problem, great. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. Can I do something about it? Can I overcome it? Can I survive it? That's why I was saying that sink or swim. But reiterating mm-hmm. the same thing over and over and over again takes up time in your mind, takes up space, and, and you can't do and it. energy, honestly. Right. I have one more question about not anything specific, but just about how your career functions. So I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of alpha personalities as well, um, who were either wanting you to be their life coach or were just inquiring or actually you are their life coach or in business. So how do you react when someone disagrees with what you're trying to coach them with? And I know, I'm sure you don't get like externally offended by it, but internally, how do you kind of deal with that? So disagreement comes in all kinds of shapes and forms. Sometimes, you know, the main, um, purpose behind somebody disagreeing is that they're wanting to actually get to the, the, the solution to the point where they realize that they can trust that whatever this is could help them. Okay. Right. So it's not, sometimes it's not a matter of, of opinion differences because in my life coaching, I actually don't share my opinion. This is not a subjective mm. um, dialogue between myself right. and somebody else that, oh, I think if you do this and that, then it would be right for you. That, right. that actually would not be the best, you know, someone you want to trust that, that brings in their own personal opinion. However, there have been cases where because of our experiences or maybe something that they had, you know, they couldn't, they weren't receptive to a concept. They weren't receptive to an idea which is okay, you know, and that is the, that is the opportunity where we can then grow, right? If you only go after the things you agree with, then you can't grow, right? Because you're only looking for other information that is just right with that right alignment of the mental capacity that you currently have. So you can't 
really grow. I mean, you can't go to someone and say, oh, I don't think, you know, if just because they know two plus two equals four, and now you say, but two plus four equals six, and they go, oh, no, I, I only know two plus two. That'll help them grow without taking offense. Mm -hmm. And yes, I do have a lot of alpha um, clients. I have a lot of athletes I work with. There are a lot of CEOs and executives, but I'm not sharing anything that is a personal subjective opinion that they can disagree with. If it's a factual science-based thing, it just needs a little time for them to right. grow. But I understand. It's like when you surround yourself with people and friends who are always telling you everything you're doing is good and great, and they don't ever point out your flaws or what's wrong or how you can improve or try to help you out. They're always just feeding you, oh my God, that's great. This is great. You look great. Blah, 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 yada, yada. You can uh, never yes, grow from that. Yeah, a yes person. You can never grow from that. That was just my little comment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's the longest you had to work with somebody until, you know, the wheel started to spin and started to click with them? What's the longest you had to... You know what's interesting? The wheel starts to turn on the first day, the first session. Okay, wow. this isn't something that requires endless amount of time. You mm -hmm. know, it's kind of just think of, think of it this way. Imagine you're driving your car and the windshield is just dirty. It's clogged up. And you go to a car wash and they, they clean it for you. And you go, oh, this driving experience is so much more pleasant. That's what working with, a, with an equipped you know, life coach is all about. I am basically the detail shop, the car wash for all these vehicles that come through. So when you clean out the windshield, the perspective, the frame of mind, people start to see more clearly. Naturally, they'll have more experiences. Now, because life is always in progress and change is inevitable, I have clients that have stuck with me for the last 10 years. <laughs> and, you know, there's always stuff to talk about. There's, there's always stuff to work through. And it yeah. is also my responsibility, my duty to keep growing myself, to keep challenging myself, you know, reading, researching, applying, you know, practicing, all of those things. Um, because I don't want to become archaic and, and obsolete and set in my own ways. You know what I mean? You have right. to keep growing to be able to help people and relate to their circumstances. Seems like then the, the foundation, the early steps is to find that clarity about yourself. And from there you can grow, you know, however, at whatever pace you need to grow, as long as you have that clarity, it makes everything a little bit easier for yourself. Right. The mental clarity and also changing your focus changing your focus from right. you know, what's wrong with my life. I don't have this. I don't have that to, well, let me see what's right for me and what's right with me. Let me just pick one or two of those things and start to, um, you know, capitalize on those things to grow and to see, reap the benefits. And it just, again, it's the catalyst that keeps the engine going. All right. For sake of time, I'm going to go into just one question from uh, our viewers that they sent us on Instagram that I feel like would help people. Um, they asked, what do you see as being the barrier to entry for seeing a life coach? They're curious to know if you think it's people have fear talking about themselves or being comfortable with themselves or if it's something else. Well, it's interesting. It's different for every person, but I, from over the years, I've seen the common denominator being the level of commitment. If they are, um, if they are, feeling a lot of resistance is around them, be it by family, through family members or their partner or whoever, then um, they naturally will start to feel a little resistant 
to step into that because there's a lot of that coming in, meaning that if everybody else is asking, well, you don't need a life coach, you'll just figure it out. Just, you know, just sleep it off or just, you know. Like, that's how I look my dad. <laughs> right. Like that's all the new age stuff. You don't need this. You don't need that. If there's a lot of like resistance that is pushing on them, then it would be, you know, difficult for them to want, especially when a person is in a situation, they're in a pivotal time of their life. They're full of doubts. They're full of uncertainties. They're, they're going to feel torn, right? Torn apart between, well, maybe I should sleep it off. Maybe I don't need help. Maybe I could just mm -hmm. toughen this out. But, but that isn't always going to be the case because if it worked, it would have worked by then, right? Yeah. And then the other thing is them not knowing the cost, the commitment when it comes to the financial side of it, oh. right? Because um, some life coaches do not take insurance. I don't work with insurance. You know, it's something that... Um, it's an out-of-pocket cost, and, and that has played a part, to be frank and, and completely transparent. That has been the factor for people as well. And I always say to them, like, look, investing one-third of the money you would spend on a Gucci handbag on hiring a life coach uh -huh. would give you a lifetime of ROI. <laughs> and yep. that, that Gucci bag is going to go out of style, and you're going to get sick yep. of it but your investment in yourself will pay off. Yep. In the long run, you can get five Gucci bags. So just got to be patient. Go. Exactly. Once you feel better and, and, yeah. you're and then good. you can throw in an Aston Martin in there too. And just oh, wow. Okay. We're going all out. <laughs> Why not? So that's, I mean, we could probably go three hours on this. It's, it's, it's mental health and, and life itself just is endless conversation oh, we However, would like it to be we would like it to be an endless conversation um so now we get to the hard-hitting stuff on that we get to the very like tough you know the nitty-gritty this is the nitty-gritty right here that, okay we're gonna go into rapid fire okay some rapid fire questions just quick and rapid fire it's no explanation needed i'll start it off okay are you ready well, do i get to say pass no no <laughs> No. It's, not, it's not stuff that you, it's, it's not past stuff it's oh. not you'll see but if you'll you don't, don't, don't answer stuff. but i think everything you'll like it it'll be okay okay so first question if you could have lunch with anyone dead or alive who would it be lecture you said lunch with lunch someone, lunch with oh. anybody Nahar. dead or alive nahar <laughs> oh lunch with um plato plato okay what's your favorite book the 40 rules of love by alif shafak Army, write that one down. Writing it down. Definitely going to read that. Already the title got me going. <laughs> Your favorite city that you've lived in? That I lived in San Diego. That I want to live in Athens, Greece. Okay. Ooh. Favorite cuisine? This is a rapid. You gotta... Mediterranean, sorry. Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's my answer? I'm a vegan, so there's so many different... Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. What's one thing on your bucket list? If you have a bucket list. <laughs> oh, I have so many. Um, to have a villa in the island of Milos. Where is that? Very specific. <laughs> oh, Greece. Okay. Um, who is your role model or inspiration? My mother. Atlanta or LA for worst traffic? An easy one. Oh, LA, LA. I don't know. I went to Atlanta once and it was terrible. So. Well, Miami is awful as well. So. Yeah, it is. Uh, sure. I had you sat in the four or five traffic at... 5 p.m. You guys, LA is the worst. I'm going to vouch for her. From LA, but Atlanta maybe is very low on the list. Favorite Iranian singer? Oh, you guys, I've been listening to some new Iranian, uh, or they're new to me because I, I didn't know. I would say um, Ehsan Daryodel. Oh, I'm going to write that one down too. Uh, write that though. <laughs> I'm going to write all this down. <laughs> 
Ehsan Daryo Del. Ehsan Daryo. And he has a song called Mahi. I'm intrigued. Um, what is the first thing you do in the morning? Stretch. Picnic at the beach or dinner in movies? Picnic at the beach. See, so I Simple. like her. What's your favorite Iranian song? Kavira Del. If you had access to a time machine, where would you go and what time period? Hmm. 1248, 13th century. And I would go hang out with Rumi. Ah. Hey. Okay. Went in depth on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with more like the when the Peloponnesian War was. <laughs> no, I want to go way, way back. Way back. Oh, really? She wants to really use the time machine. I'll go hang out with Pants and Rumi. I got one more. What's your favorite Iranian dish? Formasabzi, but the vegan version. Naturally, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bonus question. Uh, favorite type of tadig? Oh, the potato kind. Okay. Best All yeah. right. Women of culture. <laughs> All right. So before we go, Hale, would you like to give us our news challenge of the week for our listeners to do and for us to also do? Yes. Okay. So everyone has heard of being grateful and having something that you can put your mind towards that gives you that sense of gratitude. Okay. We, this year has shaken all of us to our core for so many reasons, so many different levels. And seeing this over and over again, where it's so easy to get off track and really just, again, focus on the things that we still have to do and yet, and the interruptions and the disruptions and all of that. So how do we remain grateful in the midst of all kinds of challenges that collectively involve everybody else. So the challenges, I want you to, to start saying, anytime you have to say, or you, you say, I have to do something, like I have to get on the Zoom call, I have to go to my job, I have to pay the bills, I have to you know, get my car fixed or whatever, change that and replace have to with get to. Okay. Okay, I get to get on the Zoom call. I get to drive my car to get it fixed. I get to call my mother. I get to, you know, um, do whatever it is that is that feels like a chore, that feels like a duty. Mm -hmm. okay? And the reason for that is that it reminds us that all of these things are still blessings at the end Absolutely. of the day. They mean, yeah. right, they mean something. The fact that you're able to wake up in the morning in a bed and get into a vehicle that's relatively new and go to a job that pays you handsomely, um, you know, we get to go do these things. We get to Arash, do these things. Don't gloat so much. Seriously, Arash. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to say I get to drive because you just got a Tesla. So oh, come on. Like, We're not going to I get to drive my Tesla and I get to go to work in my new Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then at the end of the day, after you've said all of those things at the end of the night, when you go to sleep, now it's easier for you to, to be grateful, to mm -hmm. be in that vibration of gratitude, which is super important for a, a, a good life. For yeah, I, I think um, as a society, we take a lot of things for granted. Yes. Um, so, so we need to not scale it back, but at least take a step back and just appreciate everything that's in front of us. Hale or Hale. Hello. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule for joining us and our foolishness. Uh, we, we really appreciate you. I mean, I hope we get to have you on again because I, because I think there was another like page of questions we had that we couldn't yeah. even get. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all very interesting. We can definitely chat again. All right. Thank you so, so much. much. Thank you. And Thanks. rest assured, this was for educational purposes. We weren't trying to swindle an hour from you or anything. <laughs> Her own personal. <laughs> what is it, a trial run? <laughs>
<laughs> no, it was great. I had fun with you guys. You're doing amazing stuff. Keep doing it. It's so important, so needed, more than you can imagine. So I hope you continue Definitely. with what you're Thank doing. Thank you so much. And all Thank my best you. to you. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate you so it. Thank you for having. Take care. Right, take care. Bye.